Are you thinking about buying a franchise? How about buying an existing business for sale? Unsure where to start? This is Patrick Fendaro, co-founder at Vetted Biz. To date, we've advised hundreds of clients to invest in a franchise or business for sale in the United States. We'll be sharing best practices as long as with our guests, top franchisors, attorneys, and accountants to help you find, vet, and buy a business or franchise for your you and your family's financial success. Stay tuned for this following podcast and follow our series if you're interested in learning more about exciting business opportunities and best practices to find, vet, and buy a business or franchise for sale. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Joshua Jacobs, who's the founder and CEO of TGA Premier Sports. His company is based out of Los Angeles. They have 100 plus locations across the uh, U.S. Joshua started the brand back in 2003 and waited seven years until he started franchising. And a little, a little under 11 years, they passed the 100 franchise mark, which is quite impressive. Most franchises never pass 20 locations. So over 111 years, growing sustainable rate is very impressive. And we like to see that at Vetted Biz with responsible growth and not a franchise that overnight grew to 100 locations, but over a 10-year period. Um, founded again, 2003, started franchising in 2010. Um, having on, for those that are just joining, Joshua Jacobs, who's the founder and CEO of TGA Premier Sports. They're most focused on sports education for golf and tennis. Joshua Jacobs also was a collegiate golfer at Emory University and played club tennis. Uh, So again, very excited to have on Joshua Jacobs. I'm going to add him on to the chat. Hey, Hey, Joshua. (laughs) How are you, man? Good, good. Thanks again for taking the time to connect. Oh, of course. Thank you. So... You know, we'll talk a little bit more towards the end about COVID and, and how it's affected your business. But personally, I've gotten back into tennis, uh, brushed off the racket somewhere underneath uh, my bed. And it was really one of the few sports that you could do in, in a social setting. And I'm sure a lot of other people have got back into tennis. And in Miami Beach, golfing, I think, in May 2020 was one of the few uh, activities that people could, could do. Um, so I imagine there's some nice headwinds uh, with the industry that you're in uh, and this franchise niche. And would love to just hear more from you, uh, the general overview of, of the industry. And, and uh, if you could educate myself as well as those that are, are joining today. Absolutely. We, we like to think of them as tailwinds. Uh, we're getting to go a little faster because of That's COVID. And everything is accelerating. But uh, no, it's an exciting time, especially as you mentioned. People are are getting more involved, especially in golf and tennis. Uh, COVID safe, family friendly, uh, socially responsible. So yeah, we're seeing some some great uptick in terms of the uh, registration in our programs, etc. And you know, you mentioned you want the people to know, you know, what we do, and I I, I think in in what ways we're unique. TGA, like like you said, was uh, was founded in 2003 as an after school program. Uh, we literally figured out how to bring golf uh, and tennis onto school campuses. In fact, in 2003, I still remember teaching one of our first programs with 17 kids in a hallway. Huh. So, uh, yeah, to get to get that many kids signed up uh, in a hallway just instantly 
made me think there's demand for this and, and <laughs> not only in large spaces that we could run programs with a ton of kids, but also in terms of small spaces. So we started in the after school market and that since 2003 is search- certainly saturated. Um, you know, you see some schools with, you know, 20 to 25 programs going at a wow. time. Yeah, no, it's, it's gotten very popular. Everything from, from sports to, to Legos to, you know, science and, but I think right now, I think the world is really in a place, especially America, where we want to keep these kids active and outside. And, and you know, once they finish their day, getting them getting them. Motivated. I, mean, I have Zoom fatigue. I can't imagine for a five year old or a seven year old that's just sitting having court classes for like four hours, six hours. Absolutely. So I, I, I think that the importance of movement and, and, and building athleticism is so important and you know, once we we were really intertwined in the after school market in Los Angeles, we we morphed into other things such as the recreational camp market, uh, where kids were spending you know a full week during during time off of school, whether it's summer camp, spring break, winter break, etc. And then we also morphed into family events, parent child events, and then we ended up getting our own equipment line for golf and tennis. So it's. Wow. It's it's been yeah it's been a it's been an evolution since uh, 2003 and I'd like to say that really you know we're very unique in the golf and tennis space uh, especially in the after school market there really aren't you don't you define like school like how how do you define that what's the niche is it elementary school middle school high school public private great question so yeah it's it's the majority of it's really elementary age uh, kids and so our our niche is is ages six to 10, but we also start them as young as three years old uh, in child care centers, daycare centers, and then go through middle school, you know, 10 to 13 year olds. So elementary school is really that niche. It's, you know, if you think about it, just from a, just from a regular sports standpoint, every other sport is in that school already, except for really golf and tennis. So our, what makes us unique is our- You play for life. Like I was mentioning before we started, I played lacrosse like 10 to 20, 10 to 22. And then it's too physical and baseball, a lot of these sports, you, you can't just, you have to assemble a team. It's tough to just play. Absolutely. So golf and tennis are the lifelong sports and that's why we're able to capture parent child events. Um, yeah. So it, it does, it does make a lot of sense for us. Uh, and that's really what makes us unique is that we figured out how to bring golf and tennis anywhere. Um, we figured out how to, bring it, whether it's, like I said, in a hallway or on a large field, it really doesn't matter. Um, and we love it. And it's, it's about changing lives through sports. That's what we're all about. And when you add in the unique products that we have, that's what differentiates us in our brand. Um, you know, we look for franchise owners that have that mindset. They want to be intertwined in their community. They want to make a difference in kids' lives. They want to run a business and realize that the bigger they make the business, absolutely, the more money they're going to make, but the more lives they get to impact and they get to really transform. So for us, that's that's really the key for for the passion. Yeah, and I mean, we work with brands that, you know, whether it's commercial cleaning or junk removal, that you can make a ton of money. And, and it all at the end of the day, it depends what motivates you. If you're motivated by money, but also social good, you know, that, that, yeah. that's I like to call it, I like to call it doing well by doing good. Yeah, that's well said. <laughs> yep. And so tell me a little bit about the competitive landscape. Like I imagine you might compete a little bit with like country clubs and pros there. Or just tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, in the, in the after school space, there really is no competition with golf or tennis. Um, we're really the premier program. 
Um, but when it comes to the camp market, you, there is a competitive landscape there for sure um, between the pros and the country clubs and the different companies out there that are running camps. But really what makes us special and makes, makes the business special is we have a built-in database. We have that built-in feeder system because 70% of our participants have never played our sports before. Um, most kids don't have that introduction to golf and or tennis by age eight or age nine. So we're getting them involved in our program, involved in our brand at an early age, uh, right at in the throes of their school. And that gives us the competitive advantage to be able to transition them from the schools to the next step at the golf courses, the tennis facilities, the community courts, et cetera. Makes sense. So you're not really competing directly. I guess imagine a lot of the tennis clubs and, and country clubs view you as more complimentary and building their their base. In a lot of ways, yes. I think that in some cases, certainly the camps can be competitive, but they also view us advantageous to work with because eventually they're going to um, not necessarily age out of our programs, but the, the aptitude, once they hit a certain aptitude, um, they do tend to lean more towards professional instruction. And, you know, when I started TGA, I wanted to make sure that we weren't a jack of all trades and a master of none. We, sure. really, we really concentrate on the bottom of the pyramid. And if you look at that player pathway for youth sports, you know, you have that very bottom is the introductory, how you get these kids into sports, how you build their passion. And then they go to recreational programs like some camps and clinics mm-hmm. and you know, parent-child events, not the competitive form. And for us, we really want to stay in the bottom of that pyramid. That's where we like to own. And that gives us a lot of opportunity to elongate um, not only how long these kids stay in our programs, but also increase the average revenue per customer, number of events these kids sign up with. So usually... Uh, the first brand that these parents are introduced to um, in a specific sport, they tend to stay with. So we feel very fortunate about that. And then tell us a little bit about the students. Like how are their, how are their parents paying for your services? You mentioned the after school options, even the rec school, and there's a bunch of different ways that you bet a bunch of different venues that you, you know, sell, sell to the students and prefer perform the service. But tell us a little bit about how does the franchisee get paid? Good question. So what we become um, is a partner group. You're partnering with schools, you're partnering with community centers, you're partnering with YMCAs, you're partnering with golf courses, tennis facilities, community courts. And after you get that partnership, then, you know, the partnerships can vary based on each one of them, whether you get, you know, marketing support, uh, you know, whether they have certain types of facilities. But in our case, we have that ability to maximize the partnership. So our franchises get paid because they offer programs. They put programs together. Uh, people sign up on our website, or even in some cases, they, uh, they're also getting paid by the facility themselves. The facility collects the registration and then we get a percentage. I've heard, yeah. I've heard of that with some of the like academic and like science and technology, similar yeah. type of uh, compensation model. It really can, it can run the gamut. I mean, you might have one school uh, that you collect the registrations for and all the money goes into your bank account. And, and then you may have a school down the street, public, private, it really doesn't matter um, where they'd like to collect the registrations. It just depends on, believe it or not, usually the PTA and the, and, and the infrastructure of that particular facility. 
Could you tell us a little bit about your ideal franchisee? Is it someone that comes from the, the sports world? Do they have a degree in sports management? No, no degree is necessary. Um, we, we look for people that are, number one, passionate about sports. Number two, passionate about kids, passionate about their community. Um, business background is great, but believe it or not, not, not completely necessary. The, the tools that we provide, the infrastructure that we provide can really support any entrepreneur on their on their path. So we feel confident that uh, with the demand in the markets that we identify with the prospective franchise owner, that they can be very successful with uh, with the business. So it's easy, you know, sometimes people ask like, okay, what does the franchise or provide, you know, food? It's, it's easy to say, you know, they're negotiating with suppliers, they help build your brand. Um, but, you know, for the service industry, it really varies where we have some accounting franchises that we work with where the franchisee is just doing client service and sales and that's it. Would, would curious to better understand for our listeners what type of support TGA provides and like what functions of running a small business that you're really helping on? Well, we run the gamut and I'm not just saying that. I mean, what I wanted to do when, when we went to franchise is the same thing that I did when I looked to build this program is that, and that was to not let anyone say no. Um, that's what we strive for. When people go into a school, we want to make sure that everything is covered, that we speak the language, that, all the check the boxes are checked off for what those schools and what those facilities are looking for, and it's very similar in our franchise world. Um, in our franchise structure, we have all of the curriculums. We have curriculum support. We have a curriculum advisory committee. We have business development people to help our franchises. We have uh, every single support and infrastructure document known to man that people can use. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an intranet that that franchises communicate uh, not only with us, but to themselves through, we have Slack channels for support and, and dedicated uh, ability to communicate with not only the franchises, but with groups. It's, it, it runs the gamut. What we've come to realize is we're a family. Nobody's competing with each other. It's not like you have with fast food restaurants. If somebody owns a franchise a mile away from each other, they can be competing with clients. We have exclusive territories. So everybody wants everybody to be successful and they share best practices. And, you know, everything from sales and marketing support to HR support to admin support, everything is already there for you, not only with the documentation, but also with our back end CRM CMS system. So they have the support from the franchisor and then they also have a community of franchisees to, to talk, talk uh, exchange ideas on, I can imagine. That's the coolest part about what we do. We have a franchise advisory committee that kind of represents the franchises to HQ. And when ideas come out of, of the franchises, then we vet them and we work together. And if, it, if it's got merit, which they typically do, um, we like to get them out there and make sure that every franchise knows about it to be able to take advantage of it and to use it if, if, if that's their vision. And I'm sure just the, they're the ones that are in front of, you know, hundreds of thousands of students. So the intelligence that can come back up to you and your team on the franchise or level must be incredible. How many students you guys are in front of throughout this community of a hundred plus franchisees. It's uh it's, it's an endeavor. I think um, one of the benefits to the system is it's really a built-in marketing structure. And what I mean by that is it's a captive audience. So when you're at a school running an after-school program or a community center, 
you have the ability to market directly to those kids because it's not as if a kid from school A can attend an after-school program at school B. So there's a built-in marketing platform, and it's great to see all the different ways that our franchises take advantage of communicating the special programs that we offer. So we spoke a little bit about tennis and, and golf. Uh, Eduardo has a question. Is it possible to introduce new sports like soccer, or do you have, or, or do you have plans to create new programs? That's really funny. Um, so we have six other sports. Um, we, uh, we, we didn't just do golf and tennis. I would definitely say from a unique standpoint of introductory level, um, golf and tennis are really from a business standpoint, what's going to separate you. Um, we are, uh, piloting a soccer program right now, so it is in the works. Um, but I can tell you from a saturation, uh, point of view, Eduardo, soccer is definitely the most saturated in our market and in, um, the age range. So, uh, it just depends on the area that you're looking at, but yes, if there's an opportunity to advance another sport, we're certainly all for it. And then these franchisees, are they mostly working full time in the business? What's generally the commitment? Uh, yeah, I would say a significant portion are working full time. You know, this type of business, uh, doesn't get started overnight. It's not, um, it's not like your typical brick and mortar that you're investing millions of dollars in to get started, um, where they know that you're going to have X amount of income once you open the doors on a yearly basis. This, you have to go get the customers, uh, that then you go get the clients. So it is a process and we, we recognize that. In fact, we, we have in our franchise agreements, minimum royalties and monthly minimum royalties that people pay, but we zero them out the first year because we recognize that we're all in this as a partnership and we want the franchises to be able to have plenty of time to succeed and keep their cash flow up. Okay. Could you tell us a little bit about general rate, general range to, to get started, including working capital to open up a TGA Premier Sports? Yeah, so we we also we like to be unique with golf and tennis, and we also like to be unique uh, with our franchise fees. So we're one of the few franchisors that actually has a variable system. It's not just we're not we're not rigid here. I, I like to say that the way we run our business is we we're, we're going to build the house for you. We're going to put the walls up, but we want you to decorate it, and we want you to put your touch on it. And that's kind of the same thing that we do. You know, other franchise systems. They tell you where you're going to be, how much you're going to pay, et cetera. And that's not us. So we work with you to define a territory that works for your budget and that works for the area that you're in. And so our franchise fees are based on a, a variable of median household income and population. There are some people okay. that want to start with 200,000 people. There are some people that are like, no, no, I'm going to kill this. I know this market really well. And I want to start with three quarters of a million people. Hmm. So that's how much uh, our franchise fees vary. They can vary anywhere from 10000 all the way up to $40,000, um, even in some cases a little bit more, but the minimum is ten. And then we ask that the individual has a net worth of at least $25,000. And I know that seems low if your franchise fee is $40,000. Sure. I would say our av- that's how much we want in terms of working capital. But I would say our average franchise fee is between eighteen dollars and $22,000. Um, we want to make this affordable. Like I said, I mean, it, certainly it's TGA Premier Sports. TGA stands for Teach, Grow, Achieve. But our motto is that sports change lives. And we want to make sure that anyone who wants to do this business has an opportunity to get in. Okay. 
So for we, we at Visa Franchise, we have a lot of foreign nationals. We've had like 300 plus that have applied, uh, invested in franchises for their E2 visa. I understand you've had one uh, candidate a uh, few years back um, invest in a franchise from rotting to Visa. Um, but unfortunately, it's really tough to get financing for them. So most of the time they're investing cash, 100K, 120K, uh, including the franchise fee, working capital, other expenses for the business. But we also at Vetted Biz work with a lot of Americans that don't necessarily have 100K sitting in a bank account. What are some of the ways that they could finance a TGA Premier Sports franchise? So we actually provide financing. So we we ask that they pay the first $10,000. And then we provide financing over the next, I believe it's 15 months, equal payments. Um, And and we do it, uh, I think it's just above prime rate. That's what our FTV currently says. So it's, um, again, we want to make this as easy as possible to get in. If you've got a passion, if you've got a background, if you want to make a difference in kids' lives and families' lives in your community through sports and unique products, we want you on the team. We are pretty selective with who we allow into our system, um, allow to carry our brand forward. So we don't say yes to everyone. And typically the process um, vets people out. And that's important, I think, for a franchise candidate to hear that a system isn't just saying yes to everybody. So to make sure that they're the right fit culturally, that they're going to represent the brand that you're also a part of. And um, it's, it's, it's a really cool family to be a part of. Can you tell us a little bit about how the financials work out? So you invested the money, like what, what are kind of reasonable expectations or what could you disclose too per the franchise disclosure document? Well, I'm sure as a lot of your people know, you can't disclose a lot in terms of uh, financials in a, in a franchise. Got to talk to the franchisees. Yeah, you got to talk to franchisees. But one of the things that I can say that I think we have going for us is there's not a lot of overhead. Uh, A significant portion of uh, costs that a franchise incurs are variable expenses based on revenue that comes in. Obviously, in a service-based business, um, the highest expense you have is labor. So you're only going to have labor if you're running programs. So for us, it's not not a lot of time. uh, It's not a lot of money to get the business started. And that's one of the cool things that uh, that I like about it is it cost is not prohibitive. So very low fixed cost and you scale up the team labor as revenue is projected exactly. to grow. Exactly. Or has been growing. Yeah. And, and that's one of the, the neat things is labor in a, in a, in a service-based business is always both a blessing and a curse. Um, but our franchises have been through it and they're there to welcome you with open arms and to give you their guidance and support on how they scaled their businesses and the different plateaus that they hit and how they broke through them. So I, I feel confident in that respect. And like a typical franchise operation, is it you have the owner operator and then are most of the employees contractors, 1099s, or are they actual employees, like a W-2? It, believe it or not, it runs the gamut. Um, we, we see it both ways. Uh, I, I Does can it depend on state or more the style, how the franchise is set up? Actually, a little bit of both. Um, yeah. A little bit of both. But what we also see is once franchises get big enough, um, then they bring on people full time to help support them um, and help support the growth and, and help sustain the business. So it's, uh, it, it's, definitely right. cool. it's definitely cool when a franchise gets to that point. 
And then what, so you're, you're in LA, what, and you have units across the US, what regions are you targeting right now? Where would you love to open up some more TGAs or enter markets for the first time? Where would I love? I would love Chicago, but that's only because uh, my family's from there. <laughs> but um, no, we're, we're, if you look at the map of the United States, we're pretty strong. Um, if, if you kind of make a U, um, we're kind of strong around the coast and then down to the south. That doesn't mean that we're saturated by any means, because if you look at the United States, we're probably only 20 to 25 percent saturated. So there's a lot of opportunity for people to come in and make a make a big difference. But uh, I would say the biggest opportunity for growth is 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 the Midwest right now. Hmm. But that's not prohibiting the most growth that we're seeing is is along the east, you know, along the East Coast and, and the mid-Atlantic area. So, OK, yeah. Um, and yeah, for those that are interested, if you're, if you want to get more information on TGA Premier Sports on Vetted Biz, our, our platform, you can put a, you basically put request more information, you put in your first name, last name, cash available to invest, and they'll get back to you quite, uh, shortly to see if the desired area that you want to open up with respect to TGA Sports might be available and, and schedule that, that first intro call. Um, Kind of concluding, you know, how did you guys do during COVID? How do you foresee the rest of 2021? It was a, uh, it was certainly an, an up and down uh, experience since last March. I can tell you that. Obviously, um, with the schools being shut down in most places across the country and or not being able to run after school programs, uh, franchises definitely struggled a little bit. There's no doubt. But what we saw pretty quickly in a lot of our areas is that summer camps um, came back strong. And okay. then we even had some of our franchises break their financial records for summer camps by over 50% because wow. the demand was so high for golf and tennis. <laughs> so we we pivoted this year. Obviously, after school programs are still very sparse. But for summer camps, um, of every summer camp that we have listed so far, 90% of them are sold out. Hmm. Our franchises raised their prices by 25%. And we're seeing a 40% uptick in average number of registrations per camp. So it's, um, it's a very interesting time. Um, and we're really excited about that in addition to opening up a membership uh, option, an annual membership Okay. Uh, customers are opting into. So that's just another way for our franchises to generate revenue and create value proposition for our brand and our, our programs. So it's a really exciting time for us right now. Um, and then could you just enlighten me and, and those that are, are, are on, how do you see the next, you know, coming decades, 21st century in terms of sports education and the field that you're in? <laughs> can't predict the next decades. I can tell you that over the next three to five years, if you're on the fence and getting into a youth sports business, golf and tennis is going to be where it's at. And I'm not just saying that from where I'm sitting. I sit on boards in, in, in the sports world and, and in the golf world and the tennis world. It's Golf and tennis are so well positioned right now because of the uptick in, in uh, play and an exposure during the pandemic is that was one of the, those were the few sports that people were actually gravitating towards and that grew. So that's going to trickle down to the kids and we are well positioned to be the number one introductory and recreational program. So I'm feeling really bullish on us the next three to five years. And I feel like, I feel like there'll be a plateau 
certainly as there always is. I mean, it's like when Tiger came on the scene in golf and then when you had your, you know, your big three, when Nadal, uh, Nadal, Federer and uh, Djokovic, they obviously they, and now that's starting to wind down a little bit, but the pandemic has, you know, COVID certainly helped the golf and the tennis industry significantly. So I feel that anyone who's interested in putting money into this and who wants and has a passion for it, I think your money will be well positioned. Well said, Joshua. So for those that are joined late, this is all recorded. You can check it out on the YouTube channel of Vetted Biz or, or Visa Franchise. I mentioned um, you're interested in having a, a first call. Uh, it's a two-way interview uh, with TJ Premier Sports. You can fill out the form on the TGA Premier Sports profile on Vetted Biz. Joshua, I wanted to thank you again uh, for joining and, and really appreciate it. Thank you. Be good, Patrick.